So somebody had tweeted out something which was like, hey, if you needed a side hustle that was going to generate like 3K to 5K a month um, and you could only kind of work like, you know, let's say like, you know, a couple hours and during the week and, a, and, a, and, you know, half a day on the weekends or something like that. What would you do to do that if you didn't know how to code? Are we good? I'm a whole different guy, Sam Far. I'm you're looking at a man four days in to clean eating. And guess what? Wait, are you really now? I'm on time. <laughs> guess what? Now my kids love me. Guess what? The stocks went up today for the first time in like five months. So a lot of things are going well here. What are you eating? Uh, I'm just like. I don't know if this is healthy or not, but I'm very heavy meat and protein right now. And just like nothing bad and not eating late, not, not doing bad stuff. Dude, listen to this thing that I'm doing. It's called, um, my body tutor. Have you heard of it? I have heard of this. Is a, is it like a text messaging thing? Somebody like, somebody it's like- way more primitive than that. So basically I pay them either six or $700 a month. I don't remember if it's five ninety nine or six ninety nine. And this woman named Heather, she's like my coach. She just calls me every single morning and I have to tell her what I ate, what I'm going to eat today. And then she tell and then I write down on my fitness pal what I've eaten the day before. And she'll say, uh, yesterday was bad or good. Here's why. Tell me what you're going to eat today. That's all it is. It's a five minute phone call. And it's it's amazing. It's it's, it's you should try this. It's actually quite good. I should good. try this. The fact that I don't want to try this tells me that I absolutely should try this. So I think I might. I think I might do it because, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I'm I'm uh, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what's I'll tell you what's embarrassing. What's embarrassing was that a day and a half into just eating clean and just not not like, you know, oh, my daughter's leftover macaroni and cheese. All right. Let me just eat these three spoons before I put it in the sink or like, oh, there's a free cookie here at this thing. Let me just grab that. Um a day and a half in, I felt a difference, which tells me how poorly I had been eating if I could feel a difference just from a day and a half of, of eating perfectly right. Uh, what do you so, eat normally that's bad? Like, are you talking about like process? Just clean yeah, meat, just, just like, like no sugar yeah, and not processed? No sugar, not processed, um, not like late night snacking or whatever, like just cutting it off right. at a certain time. Um, and then not like, okay, you know, I've been like, you know, what, what'll happen to me sometimes is I'll be like, oh, I'm working. I got calls. I got the pot. I got all this stuff going on. I'm excited. I look up. It's 2 p.m. I haven't eaten anything. And I'm like, all right, the next edible item in sight is just getting like devoured. Right. It's like a stress eat at that point. Yeah, it's getting <laughs> <Yeah>. got. <laughs> uh, oh, you thought this party size of Doritos was for a party? No, it's getting got right now. And so, so <laughs> you, you ever heard of uh you ever heard of someone doing a line of Oreos? It's when you, <laughs> when you when you get the Oreo tray and it's got like three columns and you do a whole line. You just take a whole column out in one sitting. That's something that would happen before, um, you know, just on a inconsistent, down, inconsistent man, basis. That. I like to do Oreo cereal. You just get a gallon of milk and a sleeve of Oreos and just, <laughs> just go to town. So I'm on board with you, man. I like all that stuff, too, but you just can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. Um, all right. So we got a bunch of stuff. Let's do uh, let's do some of these topics. I don't know where you want to start. Oh, actually, I just see my topics. I don't see yours. Do you have any? I had a few. We went through a lot of them the other day. But well, well, one thing that is uh, quick, the classic. We went through a lot of them the other day. The classic. <laughs> no, I'm usually really prepared. But do you see that Conan O'Brien's thing got acquired? Team Coco. Yeah, you texted this. So what is it? So he has a podcast network or is just his one podcast it's a podcast network but i think he's the heavy hitter and yeah. it's like sold 160 it's million or something you said right like a, a pretty 150 to number. 200 i forget the number but they have 16 million downloads a month we have oh, two sized <laughs> yeah we have, <laughs> we have two or three million a month so what does that put us worth and ours is a business like it's the people listening, you guys are richer than like Conan O'Brien's audience. Yeah. And we're way better looking and way more funny. So, you know, if, if you just take his multiple and you say, all right, divide by eight, we don't do public math. So that's unfortunately just the problem. We're not going to know how much worth because we go into public math and moving on to the next topic. I think that's $20 million. Who, who, 
Who bought it, by the way? Sirius. Sirius bought it. Okay, so he's going to like go exclusively to them? Yeah, but honestly, I'm going to call our shot a little bit. I don't think that it's going to be that crazy that in a year or two, we get paid like 10 or 20 million a year to license out to Spotify or something like that. Uh, I would enjoy that. That That sounds a little crazy. 10 or 20 million, I think sounds a little crazy. But then again, like... Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. You know, finding a service solution that keeps your customers happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at that networking event. And HubSpot Service Hub can help. So with the service solution part, at least it makes it easy. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform. With an AI-powered help desk and a chatbot to handle your frontline tickets so you could scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. It sounded crazy that, you know, like, um, for example, the ringer, when they got bought by, um, by Spotify. So they were a, a sports network of podcasts led by Bill Simmons. So Bill Simmons was sort of like the, the Conan O'Brien of that network. And they got bought, I think for 200 million. And, and what's crazy is it's not even exclusive to Spotify, which is just like wild to me that that's how favorable these deals are in the same way that Joe Rogan, when he got paid by Spotify, he had to take it off of YouTube, but uh, he's still on the he's still on Apple Podcasts, which is pretty crazy. So, when the Ringer sold to Spotify, two hundred million, I think they were doing about fifteen million in revenue when they got bought for two hundred. Crazy! That is absolutely and, crazy. And was it only one podcast? Or no, they actually no, had a bunch no. more. Don't they? it was like yeah, twelve maybe or something like that. But, but like, they've got a few winners. It's like three winners, and then like it's yeah. like one big winner, two small winners, and then a bunch of like long tail stuff that that kind of doesn't matter. Um, in terms of of like how how big it is, but also I think for them, you know, the thing is, is they're, they it's not like they were bought for a revenue multiple. It's not like Spotify was like, you know what, we're gonna buy this revenue multiple because you know that's gonna get priced at a you know a favorable rate in the market here. It was just like we need to strategically move into podcasting. Okay, go get Rogan, go get the Ringer, go get the the one that got bought. That's like up our alley is that startup one, Gimlet. So they bought Gimlet. Yeah also for a lot of money they bought anchor that podcasting tool that sucked um like not sucked the tool was cool but nobody was using it uh they bought that thing for like 150 million which is crazy to me and uh so they 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 splurged and i think you know that splurge that splurge window is now closed well listen if you're a listener and if you work at sirius or spotify or something like this and you want to throw a few we are motivated by money (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we I do things because people pay me money. So we could have that conversation. I enjoy commas with many zeros around them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Down. So anyway, if you're listening and you want to make an introduction or you want to help us get paid. Can we talk can about that. this? Um, OK, so I have a few ideas. So I, I have a couple of things I want to talk to you about later. I want to talk to you about this uh, new version of plastic surgery that I think is interesting. I want to talk to you about a um, virtual reality project that I saw that was actually doing pretty significant revenue. I want to talk to you about um, this like bionic reading thing. So I have a few things I want to talk about. But first, can we talk about this meme, the drinking a cola meme? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Sam texts me while we're on vacation. And uh, I was like, dude, this is perfect for the pod because... You saw a tweet from Moyes who who came on the podcast the, the same day or the next day or something like that. And Moyes said something like, I don't know, can you pull it up with the exact phrasing is? But he he was just tweeting about some business thing. He's like, oh, yeah, I was drinking a cola with the founders of this you know, blah, blah, blah app. And and then he, then he said some business thing and Sam rightfully pointed out how hilarious that <laughs> intro is of like, I was enjoying a cola with my friends. And then yeah, we just. Is decided to start talking about you know cash flow i met with the triple whale founders yesterday for a cola they were exhausted <laughs> from a day of traveling but we all we all left with so much energy Genghis khan conquered 30 percent of the world during his reign we want to do the same except the world is now the digital marketing share but right. the intro was i met with <laughs> these is, founders yesterday for dude, a that, cola that tweet is hilarious <laughs> on multiple levels first of all the I met up with these founders for a cola the, hilarious who drinks cola i don't know now, like, who it's says cola? cola. <laughs> yeah, first of all that's like who who smokes and drinks soda still i don't know second who calls it cola third why is that relevant for the tweet it's so yeah. funny yeah so we, we have to do a series of tweets where it's like we talk about something profound but the intro is like uh you know so i was getting some caramels with a friend or uh <laughs> we, 
<laughs> yeah, so <laughs> like it just got to be like the most random stuff. Snapping off a beef jerky with my buddy Timmy, and he told yeah. me about how self storage yeah. market is really going under right now. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was so, who says a cola? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Do you think that's what he meant? Is a cult like he sat down for like Pepsi? Like that's- <laughs> Dude, it's, it's like you know. <laughs> at our board meeting today, we poured out a peppermint schnapps and decided to yeah, like Fanta. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. <laughs> like, so that's my like- new like. If we ever do an event or a conference, it's like that's the passcode. Like, how do we know you're real? And you're a real listener. You're real loyal. Yeah. It's like. You need to be able to come up and be like, and hey, tell us a right? story. <laughs> tell us a story that starts with like, you know, you know. So I was eating a Dunkaroo, and yeah. <laughs> you know, just had a question. Yeah. Or we got to like do the most extreme thing ever, where it's like, so I was uh, doing this thing where you suck on a piece of candy and then spit it in your friend's mouth so it changes the taste. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about uh, that's not important, but we were talking about the uh, economics. Uh, you know? <laughs> No, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, yeah, that's my new shit. You know, my last shit was I have moved straight to the end because of Elon, and I have moved straight to the end. That's done. And my new shit is, uh, yeah, me and my buddy, we're, we're doing the spaghetti thing where we each take one end of the noodle and suck on it. But when we got yeah. close to the middle, we realized the problem with COVID. <laughs> yeah. And then we started talking about uh, the recession and yeah, exactly. how it's looming. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. good. Drinking a cola. (laughs) Wait, really quick. Do you think that he was trying to be funny? No, that's the best part. I think he was just saying like, I think he was just saying what happened. And that in his mind is what happened. Even the second part of the tweet alone. I take the cola part out. Just being like, I met with the founders of Triple Well. And, you know, Genghis Khan. If you bring Genghis Khan into whatever sentence you're saying, you are, dr- Pepper. Yeah. You, you are dramatically overestimating whatever you're doing in life. Like, <laughs> it's like the same way where if anyone's like, yeah, um, you know, the way that Tesla came out with the Roadster first. So we're also doing like a high end of digital marketing attribution before we go low end. It's like, no, you're equivalent. You're making yourself equivalent to Tesla. And like, that's, Anytime you're like Genghis Khan conquered 30% of the earth, whatever the next sentence is better be fucking lit. And it, instead his was like, we're doing the same for digital marketing. And so that also was like, you know, just hilarious to me. Is Cola, do, uh, is Moy, was Moyes born in America? Yeah, he was, he's, he's born. No, here, they right? were, I think they were born in Pakistan and then they moved when they were like seven or five or something. Is like that. that like a Pakistani thing where they call like soda Cola? I don't know, maybe, because actually I have a cousin who came over from India, but like when he was like 20 and he would always be like, hey, can I have a Coca-Cola light? And we're like, what? (laughs) What did you just say? And he would like say, he would always say the full name of things. And it was like, okay, yeah, like, oh, is this covered by nationwide insurance? It's like, yeah, it is. (laughs) Funny you ask. (laughs) This is awesome. We could go on this forever. Yeah, it's, uh, too much. it's too much for me. All right. So I want to talk about a couple ideas. Did you see this thing about, I have this link in here. You can see it's this, this surgery that guys are getting that, um, costs $75,000, but it'll make you three inches taller. Do you see this thing? They break no, your, that's, like a great, that's a great thing to text to like your friend who like is a little short. You're like, Hey, heard the news. <laughs> Good news. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, Congrats! Like heard total, about uh, heard about the break the scientific breakthrough. Oh, oh what happened? <laughs> Get a vaccine? No, they break your femur and they'll put a rod in and it'll make you three to five inches taller. And this thing is like apparently just popping off. And I've just been looking at this like it's like what are the big problems that nobody wants to admit to but are real? I just think that that's an interesting prompt for business ideas. So it's like our buddy Craig Clemens does this where like one of his products is like. Like one of his best selling products, right? Like he's got these DTC companies that do like, I don't know, over a hundred million a year in sales uh, as, as part of his like bootstrapped thing. And um, I think one of their products was like some toenail fungus remover. And uh. it's like, just like the unsexiest thing, but it's like common. And it's actually somebody, something that people really want to get rid of. Right. Um, or they something that people really want to change. 
And I think height is another one. I've seen this now in two places. So first I saw this surgery thing and I was like, oh, that's funny. Like the article was written almost like, can you believe this crazy thing people are doing? And in my mind, I was like, yeah, I can totally believe that. I think being yeah, three to five inches taller is fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're going to get breast implants or like a fake ass, like, yeah, this is, this is, um, I'm on board. Exactly. And I was like, you know, being taller is like, you know, just awesome. Like if you gave me three inches, I, yeah, I'd be uh, very happy. And I'd earn more money and I'd be more liked. Like, that's just a thing. Like Ben, how tall are you? You're like six, four, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Correct. You, you already know. You already know the advantage you have. You're, you're so privileged, dude. You shouldn't even talk in this podcast. You're so privileged. <laughs> you're speaking from yeah, tall privilege you, right you now. Check your privilege. Yeah. You need to check I, your tall privilege at the door oh, right God. now. I had a, a girlfriend one time. Uh, not like a girlfriend, but like a girl I was familiar with who, who said, uh, who told me, I can't tell if I think you're actually handsome or if you're just tall. Yeah. By the way, Sam, did you, in your course, there's a review from me saying like, Sam's copywriting course, it works. I, I got three extra inches in two weeks or something like that. And uh, did you write that? Because people keep coming to me to be like, that's so funny. Yeah. They're like, dude, that's so funny. And it's either I blacked it. out or someone is just impersonating me because I don't remember writing is, that, but it's hilarious. Is, basically, if you go to trycopythat.com and you scroll all the way down, like on the sales page, you'll see like, a, and it says Sean Purry, the, and then the review is, loved it so much, it gave me three extra inch, inches, totally five out of five stars. I thought you did that, which was funny, but the fact that someone else did it and wrote your your even name funnier. is even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. It is a podcast that we want you to check out. It's called D2C Pod. It's hosted by Ramon Berrios and Blaine Bolas. It is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And this is a podcast about all things direct-to-consumer, D2C. It's e-commerce stores. It's how you optimize your brand. And they're talking with founders, marketers, and the platform creators about all kinds of things that you need to know for D2C. You know, website conversion, paid ads, Facebook ads, consumer trends, email marketing, if you want to know the stories behind your favorite brands, this podcast is for you. They did an episode recently about scaling creator growth and influencer incentives. That I thought it's pretty cool. So check it out. Listen to DTC Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Dude, I, I knew a guy. Yeah, so this is an interesting question. We, I know a guy named Nat, and he's got an app. Uh, it's called like, I forget what exactly what it's called, but it helps you with a Kegel. Do you know what a Kegel is? I, yeah, I don't, I think... I, I think a Kegel is the exercise that you do, or is it the muscle that needs to be stronger? It's that the basically, exercise. It's the, exercise. it's the exercise that you have to do that keeps you from pre-jacking early. I guess that's an oxymoron. Or I like how you just shortened it. You're like, if I just say half the word, it's half as bad. Um, the you the jack? other thing I think I think women do it, which is like supposed to be just like good for you in general, but also like, like tightens for women. It kind of tightens. It helps them feel. Helps helps sex feel better for them i think is the idea um well this guy and he created an app for men to keep you from just jacking early and it, uh, i think he kills it and i mean let me not, guess. like it's not a huge doing thing, pretty but, like, well a month. <laughs> yeah Wait, what? i guess let me guess it's doing pretty well <laughs> yeah it's doing good and so that's like another one it, that, i don't know if that's that big of a market but what else is there i think it is a huge market i mean look at what roe and hymns did right so they took erectile dysfunction and they wrapped uh brand that you won't feel embarrassed you're you know um like associated with around it right like the value of hymns is not is partially the telemedicine piece which is like you don't have to go to a doctor and talk to somebody face to face about this so it's like reduces shame on one end and then on the other end it reduces shame the other way which is you get the package uh there's no label on it it's like completely discreet and secondly like they made their brand cooler so that you don't feel like a schmuck for using. You don't feel like something's wrong with you or you're broken in some way for using them, right? Like that's like the value of their brand. And that's why they built literally a billion dollar brand doing that. Yeah. Here's another one. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever <laughs> like cheese grated your foot to get the callus off? You don't cut it off. <laughs> like, that's the most country thing you've ever said. No, I have never done that. Like, you know, like with parm. Have you ever like? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Like, I've seen, I've seen a girl doing this on this. Like, there's like a like the equivalent of like a sweet potato peeler or whatever, and they just like use that on their like to get their callus off their foot. Yeah, so I just sent it to you uh, in the uh, chat box. It's uh, it's basically 
I bought one the other day because I had just like calluses on my foot, and it's right. basically just a cheese grater, like a like a for parmesan <laughs> cheese. <laughs> they just call it a foot. Uh, they call it a colossal foot rest. <laughs> a foot file is what they call it. It's got almost a hundred thousand reviews. Oh my god, this thing has eighty-two thousand reviews on Amazon. It's That's just like, a what? cheese grater that they just have call you ever a seen a product file. with more reviews than that? Like no. the hot pot has an Instapot or whatever has that many reviews. Is that crazy? It's a ten dollar like made in China cheese wow. grater that they just call a foot file. Is that, that is insane? Uh, that no. probably cost them fifty cents, right? No, more than that. But like, yeah, it's still profitable. That's crazy because they're just going to get so many searches, right? Like for something like this. Um, The other one that's like the height one that I saw. So somebody's doing this on TikTok and the ad is brilliant. So they're selling a shoe, like a men's platform shoe. So it's an insert into a normal shoe. That's kind of like a heel. But instead of the heel being on the outside of the shoe, it's on the inside. So your foot just like your heel gets elevated from the inside, like a Dr. Scholl's, but like gives you two and a half inches. In inside of That's a shape, better than surgery. Just do that. Way better, right? And so, the, but well, how do they sell this? How, how do they sell this? The TikTok ad is it looks like um. So it's you know this like I don't know if you heard this thing in comedy like a man on the street interview where it's basically like if you ever watch yeah. those late night shows they'll go to like Times Square they'll be like uh you know do you support you know whatever this thing and then people don't even know what it is they like say stupid stuff but it's basically like dude walking around with a microphone out and about like Times Square or outside of a nightclub or like at a bar and they just like ask questions. And so the ad is a TikTok is on TikTok and the, what the guy's doing is, or the girl is, um, oh no, the guy's interviewing girls. He's like, all right, be honest. Does size matter when it comes to height for guys? Right. Or like something like that. They like immediately get you of like, okay, first, this doesn't look like an ad. Secondly, you kind of want to know what the girl says. And then it quickly, of it. Exactly, because it's preying on an insecurity. And so then, and it just quickly cuts between the girls and they'll be like, and it ranges from a girl being like, uh, like, no, okay, yeah. And then like, so, you know, so it's kind of like her admitting it. And then it's like, the next one is like two girls. They'll be like, hell yeah, she won't even date a guy if he's not 6'5". And she's like, no, no. She's like, no, tell the truth. It's true. And like, and it's kind of like preying on the guy's insecurity. Like, oh man, girls really care about this. They won't admit it. But they, but if you get them to be honest, they really do care that that extra height matters. It'd be like, what's the perfect height for a guy? And then they'd be like, um, six, one, like, you know, the average guy is my five, nine. And they're like, yeah. And then they're just laughing. Right. And it's like four of those cuts of like that interview. And then it's like, um, and then, and then they do an even better version of it. They're like, I've seen one, I think that's like the guy's wearing it. And they're like, did you know that he's wearing this thing right now? And they're like, no, I had no idea. And it's basically like, people can't tell that you're wearing these things. And so they're addressing the objections that somebody would have. So first they create the demand, which is that like girls will find you more attractive if you're, if you're taller, then they address the objections, which is you don't look goofy for wearing stilts. And like, and so they're like, Oh, I have no idea. No, you can't tell. Oh my God. That's awesome. Like, that's so clever. And and so they're like, and they super cut that together. And I saw that and I was like, man, this is a really effective like marketing campaign and it's also an interesting product category that I wouldn't have rather really, otherwise really thought about. That's actually interesting. Yeah, that, this is pretty cool. I never that that is a good one that people are embarrassed about. They they need to do an ad about how like everyone who says they're five eleven is really just five nine because no one's actually five eleven. Like you just yeah. If you did a man on the street, that. you're like, how tall are you? And they're like, yeah, five five eleven. Five, I'm six. I'm six. And they're like, okay, cool. We have yeah. a thing right here. Just stand up. And they're like, five, yeah. ten, oh, no one's six even. No one's five eleven. Yeah. Either five. <laughs> are you six one? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> never, never met a six footer in your life. It's like a leap year. Yeah, I've never met a six footer in my life, dog. You five ten. Just admit it. <laughs> yeah. Five ten, six one. No in between. <laughs> God skipped that. We went from five eleven to six one, but you, but you ain't six even. Yeah. God doesn't make mistakes, but he never made a man yeah. six foot even. <laughs> that stamp wasn't made. So like anyone who says they're six even, that ain't true. <laughs> That's why women always say you have to be at least six one. Let me tell you another TikTok <laughs> marketing thing that I think is pretty clever that I saw. Um, have you ever heard of? It's probably probably not. It's pretty pretty niche. But this thing called Farkate Apartments. Uh, I have it on here. It's F-A-R-K-A-T-K-T-E. 
So it's basically there's a woman on on TikTok and she's a real estate broker or a leasing broker. And I'll tell you how I arrived at this. So somebody had tweeted out something which was like, hey, if you needed a side hustle that was going to generate like 3K to 5K a month um, and you could only kind of work like, you know, let's say like, you know, a couple hours in, during the week and, a, and, a, and, you know, half a day on the weekends or something like that. What would you do to do that if you didn't know how to code? And one of the interesting answers was, oh, I'd be a leasing agent because if you can get an apartment leased up, you get, I think, the first month's rent or something like that as the broker. Yeah. And so the rent is going to be, you know, in New York or San Francisco or these big cities, the rent's going to be like three grand, four grand, five grand, six grand. And so if you just lease one apartment, right? So if you can get one apartment leased, <clears throat> you know, that's 5K right there. That's pure profit, essentially. And what I saw was that some people, what they're doing is they're creating popular TikTok accounts, just showing unique spaces or like in this case, she shows like hilariously, I think hilariously bad apartments. Like she'll walk into this place. She'll be like, all right, this, this apartment, this condo is uh, exquisite in like whatever, you know, Queens here. And then she'll be like, um, you know, how many bedrooms is it? There's no bedrooms. There's just this loft. Actually, it's not a loft. Actually, it's just this like area above the kitchen where there's like a pipe above your head, but like there's like three inches to go sleep up there if you can climb up and like, Oh, you know, do you like the soothing sounds of water? Well, the toilet keeps running. So you'll have that Zen vibe. And so she's like kind of making fun of like how overpriced apartments in New York are and for like how, how little you get for how much you pay, which is just a great viral hook. Right. So instead of just doing the literal thing, which is go to find an apartment, be like, Hey guys, here's a great apartment. She's finds hilariously bad deals makes that her TikTok or, or really good deals. And then she I, basically says, if you want an apartment, come to me. And so um, I don't know if this is exactly her model, but because uh, I just looked at it real quick, but like, I think that would be a model that would work is create content. Like we've seen this on Instagram. There's an account called Zillow gone wild, which is just hilarious to watch, which is like, it's just like crazy ass homes from Zillow. And so you can kind of make like house porn or like apartment porn where it's like just really interesting stuff like really interesting apartments or really interesting homes, really overpriced, really underpriced, whatever. And then use that as your lead gen for like, by the way, do you actually just want a two bedroom apartment? Like come through, like get it through me. Uh, like here's my listings. Uh, like you can actually see if you want like something that's not like overpriced, here's my listings. And like, I think just doing something like that, you could have, have a lot of fun and build a pretty like solid business. I mean, I'm sure she's doing way more than 5k a month, but well, I just thought that was sir, kind of an interesting little model. I looked up, I looked up, this word, I've never heard of that word. It's a, I looked it up. It's a, it's a yeah. Yiddish word that means poor quality. Uh, and so, gotcha. but who's this lady? What's her handle? It's just that. It's that word. Those words, you got Farcock Day Apartments, and that's her TikTok. She has 37,000 followers. And like, you know, like here's a huge loft in Brunswick. It'll have 108,000 views on that video, right? So she's showing these things, but then she has her actual, she, so she's like comedy actress slash realtor. If you want my real rentals, you know, compass.com, go, go get them. Right. Like you can email crushes. Yeah. So I thought this was great and it's like completely differentiated uh, from what most people do. And so like, I'm trying this right now with the milk road, which is like, I'm really obsessed with this idea of like you, if you combine two things that are usually not combined, you don't have to be great at either one of the things because you've created a whole new combination, right? Like this happens in food right. all the oh. time where like you've, you've talked about this formula in food, like jumbo donut. It's like, you don't yeah. need to have the best donuts. Just do a huge donut. And then people will come to you for, for that. Right. Go, go for the biggest, make like a green, ketchup. you know, purple ketchup, green, like, you know, or it's Dorito tacos, right? Like uh, it's not that it's better. It's just so different. And so with milk road, we're doing this right now where I'm trying to create like basically a, it's not funny enough where it'd just be like a straight up like comedy thing, like but it's podcast. like a lot of, <laughs> yeah, it's like this part. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to go for this like far-fetched example. This podcast, are we the richest? No. Are we the smartest? No. Are we the best prepared? No. Do we have the best insights and research? Absolutely not. Well, are we the funniest? No. <laughs> but do we have the right combination of like, we are having a good time. We make ourselves laugh and make you laugh just enough. We're like, it's business and it's just enough business and just enough to make you laugh. And that's what like, I'm trying that with the milk road. Now I'm trying to do the same thing. It's like there's crypto information. There's a lot of people trying to be the smartest guy in the room with crypto. It's like a, a big brains contest. You go into a room and everybody's just trying to have this like 9,000 IQ. 
And it's like, well, we want to be smart, but we're not going to be the smartest because who the fuck knows who's the smartest? And it's really hard. But like, we can also be slightly funny and we would differentiate ourselves from everybody else doing crypto content. And so I'm, I'm pretty interested in this, like this, like idea of stacking unique skills that are like, you don't have to be the best at either. You just have to be just dangerous enough at both. But if you combine them, you're completely differentiated in your market. Can I ask you about a crypto story really quick that you, you would might know about, and I need you to explain it to me. So do you know anything about Sam Bankman fried? That's his name, right? Bankman fried. Of course. So how old is he? Is he under 30 still? Uh, he's like 29, 30, 31. I know, he, I know he was under 30 at once, but is he still? Under I should 30? know. They are currently the uh, leading sponsor of the Milk Road. So FTX, go get your uh, go get your account. So he is 30 years old, exactly, on the, not, on the dot. All right. That was a bad joke I made, by the way. I said, I, I knew he was under 30 once, but is he still under 30? Uh, <laughs> that was good, actually. I, didn't, I just didn't pick it up. <laughs> um, all right. So this, like, basically when he was 28, he was worth, like, $20 billion, right? Yeah, he's the... And, I think he's probably, I think him or the guy from Binance, they're the richest person from crypto besides whoever Satoshi is. That's crazy. So, and this, he said in an article the other day, he's like, I'm thinking about spending $100 million on the upcoming presidential election, but I'll probably cap out at about a billion. Yeah. And just like <laughs> that statement is just a ridiculous statement to like, not that it's wrong. It's just like a, a crazy chain of words added together in one sentence. Like I, I didn't think I would hear someone say it, let alone a 30 year old. How, what type of person is this guy to become that rich at like 28? He, he also has a unique skill stack, which is that, so he was like, um, I think a trader or an analyst at Jane street. So it's like kind of like a smart quant type guy. And then, uh, you know, I, I think I've told the story before. you know, the story about the, uh, the kimchi, like arbitrage or whatever. You know this? Not exactly. I know that like he did some arbitrage, but I don't understand why Bitcoin would be cheaper in Korea than it would in America. <clears throat> well, it's all about like kind of like access and the liquidity of the market. So like uh, uh, some markets, like for example, Japan is where the access was the hardest. So like I think let's say this, for example, the government's cracked down on exchanges. So you can only get it in the black market or on these small niche exchanges or these foreign offshore exchanges. There's a lot of friction. And so because well, of understand. that, like, and you can't access Coinbase.com. Yeah, like at, at a given time in Japan, you couldn't access, you couldn't easily buy Bitcoin. Because of that, to buy Bitcoin in Japan, you were paying a premium. So in theory, you could, let's say Bitcoin is priced at 30 grand. You could buy Bitcoin for 30 grand in, the, in America. And if you had a way to sell it in Japan, you could sell it for 32,000. And you could just infinitely make a $2,000 spread. And so it's kind of like, great, how much capital you got? Pour it all into Bitcoin in the US and then sell it all instantly in Japan. And you're not really taking much risk because uh, you're just, quickly flipping it for that premium. And so a lot of people were trying to do this. I think there was a spread of about five grand in Japan or something like that at the time, but nobody knew how, like it wasn't easy to go sell the thing in Japan. Again, if it was that easy, there wouldn't have been the premium in the first place. What he found was that I think it was in Korea um, that he, uh, there was a smaller premium, but it was easier to get around. And so like what, what they did was they like literally flew to Korea or whatever. And they like talked to like local banks and they were like, hey, we would like to have an account that will allow us to, uh, you know, wire money in significant size every day in and out. Like, can you support that? Can you support that action? Because I'm going to basically be transferring in like, you know, call it two million dollars in and two million dollars out the same day. And it just, has to be the same day. That, just calling that action makes it sound cooler. Can you support that action? That's such a better word yeah. than the Can you handle that size? That's my new ship that also, by the way, just being like, yeah, we got to be able to do it in size or like, yeah, they're moving in size. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say <laughs> action instead of the word amount. So like asking my wife how much like beef she wants me to buy at the store. <laughs> how much action do you want? <laughs> how much action are you trying to get on these ribs? <laughs> <laughs> In terms of, in terms of uh, oat milk, can you, are we trying to move size? Or <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh, oh my God. So basically what ended up happening was he had this company, like whatever, Alameda Research or whatever. Uh, but like he saw that the, um, I, th- I think it was like the kimchi premium was like the big premium was like, if Bitcoin was 10K in the US, it was 15K in Korea. And I think in Japan, there was a smaller one. And so he was he he was able to do it in Japan. And he made like something like $20 million doing this arbitrage in like one summer. 
And it took him like flying there, finding a network of local banks that would let him wire serious money in and out and make sure that they could just repeat these transactions on the same day close so that they had the money. They were recycling a small amount of money. So I think it was like take $2 million, they buy Bitcoin, they sell it in Japan. They take the money that they made in Japan. They need to be able to wire it back so that tomorrow they can go buy again 2.2 million of Bitcoin based off of the extra that they made. And then they did the same thing next day, 2.4 million. And they got it up where they, they eventually profited like 20, 30 million. So then Who's he basically was like, all right, him and his like small team, I guess, um, like this little crew that was doing this arbitrage. Did he have money and, ahead of time or was he just like a, like a, like no. living with roommates? Living with roommates. Even now he lives like, he drives like an old beat up Honda or some shit like that. He sleeps like in the office on a giant beanbag. So there's like tons of pictures of I him just that. like passed out on a beanbag in front of his desk. And it's like, it's actually like two beanbags, like upper body on one feet on the other creates this tiny little SBF bridge in between them. And like, that's just the way this guy works. And he's like, you know, he's <laughs> vegan. He, he's a, he's a, like, he, he practices a thing called effective uh, altruism, I think is what you call it. And so, that. so that's his thing, which is like, his goal is like this philosophy. And the goal is make as much money as you can so that you can give away as much money as you can. Like that's the point of making money is to give it away in the most effective manner possible and so it's like earn to give is the like name of the um, um, is the name of the of the like the the, the philosophy of what they do. Is that so one of the things by? he's trying to do is like, yeah, that's what he says he's motivated by. So he's like, you know, he's donated like I think he donated like he's donated 200 million already of his like net worth. And he, he's um, and he's, you know, this thing about like I, I'm willing to donate up to a billion dollars, uh, you know, in the next one is to like you know, another way to make change. And I don't, it's not all political. Like, it's like, where does the dollar have, you know, the most effect and that sort of thing? Yeah. He, uh, <clears throat> did I also read an interview or is it you who told me where he was like, I don't even care about Bitcoin. Like, I'm just doing this to make money. Like he said something yeah. to the, he's, where he's not he like, like particularly hey, interested like, yeah, in crypto. Full of shit. Yeah. He, so there's a lot of people in crypto that are like very missionary. Like if you listen to Brian Armstrong from Coinbase, he's like, uh, he like lived in Buenos Aires and he saw like, you know, what happened to the Argentinian peso. And he was like, it's not right. Like people around the world are, you know, don't have access to like economic freedom. And, uh, you know, they live in a place where their currency gets devalued like crazy. And like, there's a better way. And it's crypto. I believe that to my core. And I'm going to like Coinbase is going to help more people like get into crypto because I think crypto is what matters in the world. And Sam Baker Freed's just sort of like, um, you know, not that his mission is different. His mission is like, I'm an effective altruist. I'm trying to give away as much money as possible. So I need to make as much money as possible. And in order to do that, I'm going to just, Oh, you know, whether you're selling this or that, like, cool. People wanted an effective trading platform for crypto. I'll build that. Uh, you know, I know this product and this need cause I'm a trader. So I'll be able to like do it that way. That's baller, man. And there was a and meme the, of him. Going. The other piece of the, I was going to say the, the other piece of the effective altruism is like, they really use like they, they want it to be evidence based that like, um, you know, every dollar going in is like having like, you know, sort of like the greatest possible impact is like one of their their big things. Like how measurable is the impact? Dude, this guy's great. There's a, a funny meme of him going around. Basically, this guy, his name's Sam Bankman Freed. Google him and he looks like you'd want him to look. So he's kind of like a chubby Jewish guy who wears like <laughs> New Balance shoes and like high socks and cargo shorts and like an army green T-shirt and like shaggy hair and a huge Timex watch. Like he, like, yeah. he, he looks like Perfect he wants to look. Yeah. And he uh, <laughs> there's a picture of him on stage and it's like this beautiful interviewer. And then on his left is like Giselle. And on the right is like some other model, like Heidi Klum. I, I forget, like these like, you know, smart, like business women who but who are just like <laughs> the most gorgeous people you've ever seen. And he's sitting in the middle and they're all like looking at, at him. And it's like, get you get you a person who will look at Sam Bankman freed like Giselle looks at him or something like that. And it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's just kind of hunched over oblivious to the whole thing. It's great. <laughs> is, he, is he like uh, what makes him special? Um, you know, that's hard to say. I haven't met him. We've met some of the other like kind of people, the FTX team, like, for example, their head of strategy is like 25 years old or something like that. Uh, he might be 24. And he's like the head of strategy there. He like started off in customer service and is now the head of strategy. And so I think they just like, if I could just kind of 
comment on like what you see as the culture for them is like they go hard. What I mean by that is like they're like re- they're really sharp. They're like kind of like quants, and then they like work like it just seems like they work very hard and they they move as fast as crypto moves, which is very very fast. And they didn't like there was no like invisible walls for them. Like the company is based in the Bahamas. They grew like crazy when they wanted to do marketing. They're like, okay, go get Steph Curry and Tom Brady and like you know Larry David and that's who's going to be our spokesperson or whatever. Like they they like ho- pulled no expenses. They named. They like bought arena. Like he called somebody. I know the guy who we met the guy who did the athlete rights for them. Um, and basically he was like, yeah, he got, we got on a call and I was like, okay, so like, what are your goals with like, you know, sports sponsorships to help, you know, FTX, how are you going to measure this? He goes, um, how much does it cost to have the Yankees stadium named renamed to FTX stadium? It's like, uh, yeah, I don't think that's even like for sale. He's like, okay, what about every ad inside the stadium? And he's like, uh, that's a lot, man. Like maybe we should just like kind of like crawl before we walk and before we run. And he's like, I think it would be most effective if we go get Tom Brady and Steph Curry and Yankees. Like, um, you go do that and then tell me when you have them. <laughs> you know, like that was essentially the call. <laughs> and it was uh, like, you know, name your price. And like that's what they did. And guess what? They got all of them. And it's like a pretty impressive strategy where it's like, there's not like any like, you know tiptoeing around in, in this. I love the, those people. I call them freaks and I love them. I love these freaks. I yeah. love freaks. What, he also um, is one of my favorite Twitter followers. Like, I don't know if you, fo- do you follow him on Twitter? He posts awesome no. threads that are like, not like, again, it's not propaganda for his company, but it actually is effectively propaganda for the company. So he, he'll just be like, you know, here's my thoughts on like raising money. Here's what actually happens. And he'll be like, yeah, investors, they want us to do this. And at first I thought, ah, that's just self-serving bullshit. But then I realized actually the game theory is this. And then he like just talks, he, he'll just lay out these long threads. And like, he's like, look, I'm not saying this is FTX's point of view. This is like my late night thoughts about this topic. And when you see him think out loud, you're like, oh, wow, this guy's like just incredibly sharp. And he sees both sides of it. He's kind of like an independent thinker. And so he's one of the best follows on, on Twitter. Do you think working with him, do you think that he's uh, he's obviously has some intensity, but is he like a hustle hustle? Like, let's work like why? Like Alf, this alpha type of guy. No, I I don't get that vibe. I don't get Wolf of Wall Street. I don't get the he's not Genghis Khan took over 30 percent of the thing. It's like it's more like obsession meets like, you know, we. I don't know if this got cut. I think this got cut out of our previous podcast where we were like, we kind of admire the like Asperger's personality because it has like a. the ability to like focus really intensely and the ability to like think not like think for yourself and not think just like, Oh, what is the norm? What's societal norms? Like, let me just go with that. So to me, it's like when he says the let's go get the Yankees and Tom Brady, it's not because like, let's go swing our big D around here and let's go show who's boss. It's like, well, it seems like the most effective thing to do if we're trying to build trust would be go to the most trusted athletes and like get them. And on a cost, you know, a cost per you know fan basis, they're actually the most effective even though the total gross dollar amount is higher, right? Like to me, that's how his brain works. Not like, you know, it'd be sweet, dude. If we go get like, let's go get the fucking Yankees, bro. Like it's not that. And so, um, and he so just looks at a chart and he's like, uh, like who, what's has the largest reach. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Just whatever's number one on that chart, just do that. Right. Like, exactly. Like, well, if this has the arbitrage, then like, let's put all of our money into it and like, let's hedge it over here like that. It's more like that. And so, well, don't you understand? And so I think that when they, in the same way, like the intensity of the company is high, but I don't think it's because it's like, bro, we got to grind if we want to make it, you know, like, you know, uh, oh, you take weekends off, you know, you're soft, you know, like it's not that it's more like, oh, I haven't eaten in 36 hours because I've just been like really interested in this problem and I'm staring at my screen and I forgot to eat and I forgot to shower. And I also, I guess I'll just sleep on this beanbag because that way I don't need to commute because commuting wastes at least you know, an hour a day. And like, why would I waste an hour of my day? Like, you know, I'm just, I sleep on this beanbag. In fact, it's ergonomic or whatever, you know, like, I think that's more how the brain works where it's like this hyper rationalism is what I would call it. Do um, I wonder what he's like as a CEO? Like, do you think he holds one-on-one meetings and like, cause he just does not look like, well, we should have him I mean, on like, him and the uh, head guys, of whatever they wanted to come on the pod. So uh, wait, I think, I, they're, I think they're protecting him a little bit. Like he's now super busy with like, press applications or whatever. Like, so they, I think they were trying to have like their, the number two guy in the company come on the pod. And so this, this guy, Brett, uh, so I think he'd be really interesting too. 
Uh, but I, you know, everybody wants SBF because he looks like he, he's the Zuckerberg, right? Like Cheryl yeah. might be the, the secret weapon and the one who actually runs the show. But like Zuck is this like alien character that people are fascinated with and they want to like poke them and be like, oh, look, it moves, you know? And so well, I, I would actually, love to get Sam on. I wouldn't mind having a guy who is his boss, you know, a guy who works for him. As long as the guy coming on would be cool. With We're this, only like, going to ask you about Sam. Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah, like, oh, wait, no, I don't think you understand the assignment. We don't care about, like, you. That's we not annoying, about, right? Yeah. <laughs> dude, it's, it's like, like if I meet someone who's like, oh, man, love the podcast. I'm like, dude, great. So so glad to meet a fan. And he's like, they're like... <laughs> Sam's so awesome. What's it like to be around Sam? I'm like, oh, fuck you, dude. I'm busy. Like, I'm not going to sit here and talk about Sam. <laughs> well, we've had a couple of guests and they're like, cool. And they like say like, oh yeah, I worked with Steve Jobs. Um, and like, wait, wait, wait. All right. Let's just, let's just only focus. Scrap your on current that. thing. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as they're okay, like if they understand the assignment that it's strictly a, like, we're just here to like, learn like joe rogan had this guy who worked at spacex and they talked about what it's like to work to elon for elon and i was like oh just let's just only focus on that thing the whole going to space stuff is cool but just tell me what it's like to work with elon and that's what we as long as they understand that's the assignment i'm on board our software is the worst have you heard of hubspot See, most CRMs are a cobbled together mess, but HubSpot is easy to adopt and actually looks gorgeous. I think I love our new CRM. Our software is the best. HubSpot, grow better. Here's another kind of like interesting, like intensity teamwork thing that I think is, you know, close enough transition. Have you seen this business called A Team? A Team? I think it's because. I think it's just a letter A and then dot team is their website. Well, you know, that's like um, and, a famous TV show, right? You remember uh, Mr. T? Mr. T or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That, All that, I know that is a- that much. I don't, I've never seen anything. So, so it's that same, uh, like, I think they're kind of playing on that branding a little bit in, in the sense that like uh, the idea is based. So they just raised $60 million and they raised it from NFX who I, I really, res- NFX was early in them and, and said good things. I, I, I respect NFX. So made me pay attention. Now, this is an idea that's been around. It's been tried, but maybe the time is right now. And so that's why this is interesting to me. So let me kind of give you my backstory of this idea. And I want to hear what you think, if you think this is a good idea or a bad idea. So I once heard Naval on a podcast talk about like the future of work. And he he was basically like, Naval was like, you know, I I don't buy this whole, I I don't believe that we're going to live in a world where you work nine to five sitting at a desk in some office for one company and you work there for 30 years. And you already, you see that shifting, like instead of working at a place for 30 years and then getting your pension when you retire and they like, you know, have a cake cutting ceremony in the, in the, in the lobby for you uh, as they send you off to your death. Like, okay, now people started to hop jobs more. And then people started to work, you know, fr- remote and freelance. And Naval's thing was like, he's like, I think the future of work is like oceans 11. He goes, you're going to have your crew the same way that Ocean's Eleven is this badass team of like, you know, you got the pickpocket guy, you got the ninja, you have the like the comms guy, you have the planner, you have the like, um, you know, the guy who can go gather intel. You have the hot girl who's a distraction and you have this, you know, you got Brad Pitt, George Clooney. All right. So that's the team. And it's like, you're just going to get a message which says, all right, guys, round up. Like, we got one. We got a mission to go on. <laughs> and everybody meets up and everybody, everybody's doing other stuff. And it's like, what's the mission? Oh, like, you know, Ocean's Eleven, so we're going to rob this bank or whatever. And then it, for um, for work, it's going to be like, all right, here's this brand that's trying to whatever. They're killing the U.S. They're trying to expand into India. And so you might be the Ocean's Eleven team that continuously gets called on to take a brand and expand them into India. And like you you wake up, you get a page, uh, you know, your pager basically goes off and says, we need you. The bat signal is up. You all congregate. You've all worked together. So, you know, you come as a group who's good at accomplishing certain types of missions. You do those missions, you rate each other, you rate the company that hired you, they rate you, you rate each other on your team, you go on your way and you get called in for the next mission and the money hits your bank. And so Naval kind of describes this thing and he's like, you won't just have one team, like you'll probably float around with a couple teams. Like if you're the pickpocket, you've got like three teams that can call on you and um, and it just works that way. So you get reputation that's built not on a resume, but through this like verified ratings of like, I've actually worked with this person. You have... Um, not continuous work. You get called on when there's a mission, you'd sprint, you crush it. Then you relax until the next mission. Oh. You can work as much or as little as you want. You may or may not even know the identities of the other people. You could be like 
my name is my nickname is just whatever Starwing, and I just go in and people know me know me as Starwing, and I just that's how I work, and like that's the future of work. So that kind of fascinated me when he he described it. He did it in the Naval way, which was like you know one tenth of the words I just used, but twice as inter- interesting. And now I'm starting to see some startups pop up that are doing this. And to me, a team is, is an idea of that where they're like, Oh, you want to build um, an e-commerce website? Well, we have the designer, the front end developer, the back end developer, and the like conversion optim uh, optimizer. And like, they'll just sw- swoop in and they'll just do it for you. And like two weeks, you'll get a better product than whatever. And here's the big lump sum payment you, you do for that team. This is so amazing. I saw a meme the other day where it was a guy he goes, I, I so look forward to the day where I'm just sitting at a bar and a stranger walks up and says, I'm putting together a team. And I look at him and respond, I'm in. When do we leave? And it was just like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's I live I, in the duffel bag. You know? I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm putting together. I'm putting the team together. You in? Uh, dude, this is awesome. Their site is amazing. This is one of the best landing pages I've seen in a long time. It's a.team. Look at the yeah, landing page. It's, it's pretty good. The hero image is really good. And then, um, yeah, the example just are so good. succinctly describe what they're doing. So you just get on, you just log on and you see it. It's a relatively strange concept and they describe it in like two sentences. Wonderfully. This is awesome. I'm not sure. I don't, I think it's quite bold to say it's the future of work. I don't think that that's what it is, but I think it's like a, a subset of freelancing. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's not everybody, but in the same way, like the the gig economy made it so that, you know, I can like a thing that didn't happen 10 years ago or whatever, like was you wake up, you like hop in your car, you open up your phone. Boop. This guy wants a ride over here, drive over there, pick him up, drop him off, cash at your bank. You know, you you made $16 for that ride. Oh, you want to go, you want to stop working because you want to go pick up your daughter from school. You swipe to log off. You're off work now. You want to get back on later, you know, at midnight and take people to the airport. All right. You can do that again. Like that whole gig economy thing where your phone just gives you jobs, like gives you work that will just pay you small micro like payments off your micro tasks. That's pretty cool. And that's like a thing that Uber and like TaskRabbit and DoorDash uh, all brought to the table. So I feel like there might be the next version of that, which is like for highly skilled cross discipline. Like I know I, I could do this, for example, like I have three or four people where it's like, that's the great developer. This is the great designer. I'll be the marketing guy. And this guy will be the, you know, whatever the, but the problem is, is that they're not available like to do stuff. And this is creating an opportunity for them to be available. But if like, I've gone on, I've gone to the Shopify marketplace and I've used Upwork. And oftentimes when I use Upwork, it's just like a guy in India who's like the face. And he's got like a team of like eight guys. And like, isn't that kind of what's already happening? They just package this in a far more sophisticated and sexy way. Yeah, they did in a more sexy way. And I think it's more for premium like things. So like in the same way that like if you don't want the India thing, but you want like sort of like what an agency does. But what typically what agencies do is they specify they they specialize in one vertical. So it's like we do SEO, we do Facebook ads, we do copywriting. And what this is saying is like, no, you're trying to launch a marketplace you're trying to launch a new NFT marketplace where you're going to need somebody who's great at email marketing. You're going to need an engineer who knows smart contracts. You're going to need a designer. You're going to need a social media person. So like whatever, they give you the six cross disciplinary people that are good at building marketplaces. And that's just like a different cut of the same idea of agencies. This is awesome. This is one of the cooler companies I think I've seen lately. This is amazing. Yeah. How'd you find this? Uh, Cause the guys I follow at NFX, they were like, Hey, this company's grown really fat. Like, Fast. Was there, I forgot what they said, but it was like growing super fast. And I was like, how fast? And, uh, you know, that's why I started looking into it. And it, it reminded me of that, like that dreamy idea that Naval had brought up. And I was like, oh, maybe now with COVID, maybe now the time has changed where like there's enough really talented people that are no longer like locked into jobs um, because they're and at they've home. Got, they're like, all, they've got like all the right people. If you go to like their team, it says that like, their, their featured advisors are the guy who started Fiverr. Which is crazy. The guy who started Fiber also started Lemonade. That's pretty wild. The CEO of Upwork. So, like, they've got all the right people on board. Wow. Yeah. This is an amazing company. This is a badass find. I've never, I'd never heard of these guys. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Um, all right. Take another idea off this list and uh, uh, another topic off this list. And let's do that. Um, <laughs> uh, let's Which do one that one. Yeah, I literally never read DocuSign. I just sign. 
Uh, this is more like Say. I just needed to verify with you. Do you also do this? Like, dude, when I get a DocuSign, I'm not reading it. I'm not going to lie. You can scam me pretty easily. The South Park, have you seen the South Park episode where, like, it's like what they do is um, they create, a, you know what a caterpillar is? No. So it's like, <laughs> do I want to know? They take a chain of six people and, and they, they, okay, sew I think I know. Mouths, Go ahead. they sew their mouths to the person's butt. And you just got to stay there. Okay. And Apple Apple does that to people because it says it in the terms and conditions in iTunes when you sign up. And the whole episode is like, whoa, Stan, you didn't read the terms and conditions of Apple before you click <laughs> yes? That's crazy. Of course, like you have to go do a Caterpillar now because that's what it said. I can't believe you didn't read it. And it's like this whole thing. But, um, dude, I've been getting DocuSigns lately where they literally just send me the sign page. And they don't even yeah. send me. Yeah, yeah. It's people are like, hey, here's the document. It's just a, a one underline, and it says sign here. I'm like, sign what? It's, what am I signing? Yeah, it's it's called the signature package. And basically, I've got it in the context of a company that I've invested in. They need me to sign paperwork for some reason because they're raising a new at a new valuation at a higher valuation, and they literally just send me the signature packet. And like, <laughs> I have it, it, it's four or six things, and I'm just it just says like Sam Parr and then a line and the signing, and I have no idea what I'm signing. And so, yeah, like, A, yes, I do that because I just don't read the stuff, and B, sometimes they don't even send me the stuff to read, they just send me, <laughs> they just sign. I have no idea what it means. Do you get that? Yeah, I, I've been getting those, and I'm like, I, I'm like, all right, it's one thing if I'm not going to read it. For you to not even write it, it's like a whole level, another level of arrogance here, and like you know, poor form that we're taking. Yeah, it goes from like lawyer at fu dot com and just, just <laughs> sign this schmuck, <laughs> just like sign this nerd. Sure, law sign. firm's name Fuckman Banks. What is that? <laughs> what do those guys do? Yeah, yeah. He's based in New York. <laughs> yeah, why is Seymour? butts asking me to sign this stuff they're just messing with you. yeah that's it's crazy that's, it's like you know when people funny. when people really want to get us to respond they're like venmo us money or they're like paypal us money being like oh i'm being super creative to like to reach you to get you to read my message or whatever and i'm like oh, I I, I, it doesn't really doesn't really work i don't really like that and it makes me feel uncomfortable and like you know um generally the people i want to meet never do that so i'm like uh you know generally this is not a good signal for you um, the other day, this, these guys were emailing me to try their stuff, and they're like, "What are you soft? You're not up for the challenge." And I just, I was just <laughs> like, "I am not up. I am not up for the challenge." And they just replied with, "Okay." <laughs> so you're correct. I am not up for the challenge. <laughs> I think people they hear us out here and we're joking around, and they're like, "Ah." Uh. What if I take that joke to the next level and I make it weird and they don't know me and they somehow think that's going to work. It's like this works as me and Sam have known each other for like 10 years and the jokes are meant to be jokes. They're not serious. And it's like then you take the you take that same idea, you make it serious and you do it from a stranger. It's like, no, 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 that's not the same thing. Yeah, it, 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 I, I actually don't like the annoying. Um, the other day, this guy sent me an email and in the subject line it said like you know like you're a c-word sucker and uh he's like major <laughs> open and, and i was like oh i don't i don't like that that i find that to be inappropriate and not cool like I, i'm not on board with that and uh he, that's what he said but, and, but i and, can and, totally and like, see how somebody would listen to this podcast and think ah they'll love that yeah or like like it's yeah. like why, why are you approaching me <laughs> it's like we're, 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 we're that's what we're doing we're like oh i love this copywriting and you know just do what you got to do and for the hustle i was super annoying getting people to be conference speakers like yeah but i don't like when it happens to me <laughs> yeah but i didn't call someone like a little bitch like people will call me that they're like what's up you little bitch <laughs> I'm like dude i don't know who, you who don't was doing that like somebody was doing that somebody who worked for us was doing that right yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not called them out, but they called us a little bitch. And I'm like, dude, you're an intern. Don't talk to me like that. And like, my friends don't even call me a little bitch. Like, what are you talking about that for? It was like, I think it was an intern that called us that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I think it was a Brayu. A Brayu used to call us a little bitch. I wasn't going to call them out. <laughs> you're like, I'm not going to call them out. 
unless it's a Brayu, in which case <laughs> it was a Brayu. He was our uh, producer, and he'd be like, uh, "Time to work, you little bitch," or something. And I'm like, Dude, don't yeah. talk to me like that. I'm gonna talk to you like that. <laughs> it's like, why are you calling me that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brayu came in really hot. Uh, he came in really. Let's hot. do one more. What's this? Yeah, no, I mean, I love him. And he could talk to me that now that we're friends and not coworkers. But when we were coworkers, I was like, dude, I was like offended. <laughs> I was like, please don't call me that. That, that, that I don't like that. Uh, Zelensky deep fake. What's that? Oh, um, wait, no. What's the uh, history of the did... Internet? That's a longer one. I went down this rabbit hole of like the history of the Internet, like how it came out. Pretty crazy. Just crazy stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to do that one right now. That one's, that one's too long. But um, the, okay, so Zelensky deepfake. So people know about deepfakes, which is like I think I think a lot of people who listen to this probably know about deepfakes. But if you don't, it's basically the way that you can Photoshop a picture to kind of like edit it and make it look a certain way, and it looks real, but like oh no, that's been photoshopped. You can now do that with video, which kind of means but it's not as easy, right? Th- like, oh, that's not harder. It's not yet. There are some, but like, right. you know, in a small way, like the uh, Snapchat face filter is essentially like a, a bit of a deep fake. There's this. Have app- you seen the baby one or, or the one where, where it makes you sad and cry? <laughs> no. <laughs> is that on like Snapchat? Yeah. Or I, it's on Instagram. I think they like show someone's face and they're like, hey, Sean, why are you so sad? Why are you crying? And you're like, what? I'm not crying at all. But like, it looks like you're crying and sad. and like, like you're yeah, and so, like, that's one version of it. And then there's, like, uh, this. there's this app. I forgot what it's called. It's something Moves or something like that. It's, like, some dance app. But, like, you basically take a picture of yourself standing there, and then it'll make it look like your body. It'll make you look like a great dancer. You like, you could go oh, post I've something on Twitter. I think you might have done this. Where it's like, I think, it's like, I think that's um, how you found it. Was I did it. It looked like I was breakdancing. Yeah, you're, like, break. It's, like, yeah, just jamming out on a Wednesday. It's, like, whoa, Sam can break dance. Then it's like, oh, it looks not quite right. Wait a minute. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's like a deep fake. Basically, it's a deep fake video. And so this is but they're getting better and better. Like, you'll see them do this with like, oh, my God, did you hear Obama saying the N word? It's like, what? No. And then you watch this video. It's like it's a deep fake, but they could like mimic his voice and his lips moving uh, and talking, doing something. And then this is happening. It's like it's becoming a big problem in the porn industry because people are doing this with like oh, there's some girl in my college and I'll just take her picture and I'll make it look like she shot this, you know, sex tape or whatever. And people are like, dude, that's like, you know, really effed up. But like the technology can do that, uh, can do that now. It can basically make, make it look like somebody was doing something that they never did. And so right. this is becoming a problem. And there's one with Zelensky, the Ukrainian, whatever, president, prime minister, whatever he is. And like, there's this video uh, going around of him talking and it's a real, vi- there's a real video and then there's the deep faked video where it shows like a, a trail powder of uh, cocaine on his desk. And they're like, and the Russian propagandists oh, are no. saying uh, like, look at this, your president's breaking down. He's using drugs. That's why he's saying all this crazy stuff. And they made it, they added some stuff in the background of the video. And I'm like, Oh man, this is just going to get super crazy of like, how do you know what you can trust? If you can't trust your eyes and ears anymore, like how are we going to like prosecute crimes? How are we going to like prevent people from like, just completely slandering your reputation. Right. How are we going to prevent people from like, um, you know, like the, this was what people said that the Russians were doing with Hillary, like during the election was like, they were showing propaganda. Like Hillary said this about black people. And they were promoting that in like predominantly black counties where they were trying to sway the vote and like get them to not turn out for Hillary. And it's like, it was fake. Right. But it was like misinformation. And so to me, I'm like, this deep fake thing is going to be like a real, real problem. And the I think there's opportunity. Well, there's one answer uh, that a buddy was trying to work on, which was basically a way to like certify the off, like the, the original mint of the video. So it's like you can basically encrypt the original video so that if anybody wants to see like, oh, this video of this guy saying this crazy thing, is this was this the what was originally shot from the phone? And so he was trying to do that. But really what you need is you need the phone makers to participate because it has to be done at like the hardware level because any anything else it could be tampered with. It's like. Well, if it's just a video file I encrypt, then I could just like encrypt it later. I could edit it first, then encrypt it. So it has to be done like as it's being shot, the I, you know, Apple and Google and, and Samsung or whoever these people are, they're going to have to bake it in where like every video comes with a seal of authenticity. Mm. And then that's going to be a cat and mouse game of like, can that be faked? Because uh, you could put somebody in, pr- in prison for like a fake murder. You know, like that's how crazy this is going to get if we don't have a way to fight against deep fakes. 
By the way, um, go to the chat of Riverside and click the link I just sent you. Tell me what you think about that okay. deep fake. <laughs> that's you, you dancing, dude. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, he said, he said announcement. While while you guys have been taking this time to chill, your boys have been learning to dance. Get on my level, and it's a video of you. Okay, so it's get 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 sway. So sway is the name of the app. So get sway dot app yeah. is the name of the thing. And this is hilarious. Although it made it's you a little great. look a little chunky here. You look you look a little bit like Will Ferrell in this video. So you know, well, you, yeah, you could dance, but it also looks like you put on like the COVID thirty. I I was that that was pre influencer. Um, well, no, but yeah, it's like glitching. It's like it's like it's like it's not the it's not your actual thing. It's like because you're moving so fast. It's like it has to make it fuzzy. It can't have like a really sharp like line. It's pretty good it's though. Obvious. For it's just pretty good. App, I mean, click left. Go to the left one. There's another one. I mean, it's pretty amazing for just like a free app. What do you mean? What do you mean? Click left. There's no left. There's a video to your left. On the next picture to the left. Uh, on your profile. I mean, it, like, they're, it's it's a pretty amazing. What's the app called? Get Sway? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah anyway, so I, hope, I hope some smart people out there are working on deep fakes. I'm curious what people are going to do. The only solution I know is doing it at the, at the hardware, the operating system level, and even that's probably not perfect. But if somebody does figure out a perfect way to do this, that's going to be very, very valuable technology. And I saw the Obama thing. Yeah, they made him kind of say some crazy shit. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I agree. It is kind of scary. Um, well, Ben, what do you think? How do we do? We got giddy Great early. Episode. Very, very eclectic. Very eclectic, but like all very interesting stuff. And uh, and the cola stuff was uh, was all time. <laughs> can't, can't wait to drink a cola with you guys. What was your yeah, favorite one? Your, your favorite non-cola doing the cola one. Which one did you like? I, th- I think Eden Caramel is my favorite. It's just simple and amazing. <laughs> so unexpected. <laughs> I think my favorite was actually, we were just eating spaghetti, kissing in the middle. <laughs> when all of a sudden. <laughs> me and my co-founder were doing the uh, kissing, uh, the spaghetti thing where you each take one end, put it in your mouth, get meat in the middle. And what we realized was that the recession. <laughs> yeah. And then we realized. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. The but, best the thing, is, like, uh, but the thing about co-founders is, it's like you don't address the first part. <laughs> and you got to do this like in a keynote. It's like a product, like a Steve Jobs product announcement. Right. And never address it so and never laugh. in the office grabbing each other's butts. And then it hit us. Why stop there? You know? <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Is, this is great. <laughs>